Welcome to That Can't Be Right, and this is your host, Eric Ballinger, and I'm here with... Joe Miller. And today we're going to talk about contradictions and, and issues, specifically as they shift from undergraduate to, uh, to graduate school. I think one of the things that we often forget about within um, graduate school was what we originally started into it, or what reasons we started into it. Um, so for me, I had an undergraduate in, undergraduate degree in psychology, specifically a Bachelor of Science in psychology. And my intention was always to go to some sort of program after my undergrad. But what that program looked like or what it was supposed to be was not really easily defined. And I think a lot of times for undergraduate students, this is a pretty common thing. One of my favorite quotes from one of the people that would help me with my original advanced research paper in my undergraduate was, it's very hard to explain you're in psychology, but you're not doing something with mental health. And I think that's what draws a lot of people out and a lot of confusion is this idea that you can do something in psychology outside of doing something either with counseling or clinical psychology. And I don't know if that's for you as well, but that's kind of the general idea that I think most undergrads go into is if I'm going into psychology, it's because I want to be a counselor or a clinician. Again, my background is not psychology. That the assumption, if you're studying psychology as an undergraduate, then clearly you're going to be a therapist of some nature, which is... Very much so not the case. I, I would have to look up the numbers. But a very small percentage of people who go into a graduate program in psychology, that's where their goal is to be to be a counselor. Everyone else is uh, doing research of some stamp or working in a completely different field. That's I, I think I've had this really strange interaction with graduate school uh, moving from undergrad because I've yet to get a degree that's in the same thing twice. Um, my bachelor's degree is in philosophy. And then I got a master's degree in English, completely different fields. So my expectations were alien. Uh, and the experience was alien as well. Uh, and now I'm doing uh, this educational psychology degree uh, this, for my PhD, which again has nothing to do with English. I w walked into this with no clear idea of what on earth I was doing. And I would say that I'm actually the opposite. My goal when I was coming in from both my undergrad was either to become a doctorate of some kind with the general idea of helping people. So like I came in with the idea that I wanted to be helping people in some fashion. So I started out as wanting to be a psychiatrist. Then I moved into wanting to be a counselor. And now I'm planning on becoming a statistician, completely into a different idea than what I think most psychology students would consider. Because most psychology students don't consider that statistics is really in line with psychology in some degree, and you can have both. But I think it's just this general confusion that a lot of undergrads don't realize that they have so many more options outside of just this, I need to be, if I'm in psychology, either I'm into talking to people about weird stuff, or I'm learning about weird stuff. You can have this broad career path, but at the same time, you have this very narrow career outlook. And if you don't go into graduate school. That's the hardest part. You're almost forced into graduate school from the moment that you get into a psychology undergrad. And that was kind of the explanation that I got a lot of times. And I don't know if this was the background for you, but I pretty much was told, like, if you don't go to graduate school, why are you going to college for psychology? Yeah, and that's a common problem. I do know a smidge more about psychology, mostly because of other people. But I know that the program that the school that I'm at now, their undergraduate psych program has a professional development course. And they talk about what you can do with a bachelor's degree in psychology. And the program 
plays up all the stuff that you can do. Though talking to the uh, instructor of that class, they often feel bad because they're effectively lying to these students. Because you have to, you can't just basically, you can't come out and tell a student, yeah, here's this degree that you're getting. Oh, by the way, it's useless. You'll need to go and you'll need to go to school for a, at least two more years if you would like to have a job. And that's if you're lucky. Like two years is if you're lucky. Like they don't factor in all the other pitfalls or the hidden lies. I think one thing that a lot of times people like, especially like as we're doing this right now and talking, like we're trying to like talk about in this like walk a fine line with graduate school especially psychology because we're now in it but i think at the same time if i were to look objectively outside there's a lot of okay let's not call them lies let's call them hidden truths that nobody wanted to talk about they were just concealing them so like two years is if you're lucky but you're still getting paid you're clearly still getting paid considerably less than somebody else who has six years of education and on top of that you're trying to fight your way into figuring out what you want to do at such a young age. I can see where that instructor would probably say, like, I'm kind of lying to them, but it's almost like the the Santa Claus lie. Like, it's a kind of a, not necessarily a good lie, but it's something that you have to have to kind of be able to deal with it. Right. And the way that that particular instructor got around that problem a little bit was one of the assignments was for the students in this professional development class they had to go out and look for jobs in psychology and find out what the requirements were. So Mm. if there were positions that said they just wanted a bachelor's degree, then those students could find it. The problem, of course, was that those jobs don't really exist, uh, unless it's some sort of position that just wants you to have a a degree. But you mentioned something about looking at people who act weird uh, as the role of psychology. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from, uh, well, people like Freud, where the idea was if you study the abnormal, then you'll understand what the normal is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of those strange aspects of psychology where we, and even statistics, is, is most people are normal. By definition, most people are normal. So if you're listening to this, uh, you're probably normal. Maybe. Um and if you're not, that's who psychology, who researchers look at. Because we don't really, it sounds harsh, but in psychology, we don't really care about normal people. I mean, like, even statistics, we're caring more about what the average person is. We care about what the average person looks like, not the abnormal. We but kinda, we do research on the weirdos. Yeah, kind of both. You know, oh. if someone falls within one standard deviation of the mean, you're like, oh, well, that's, uh, okay. Well, that's that guy. Yeah. What about this guy who's seven standard deviations above the mean what's he doing yeah but at the same time like we need the average people at the same time but i to kind of look and compare and contrast what is normal versus not roughly like i would say most people fall into the normal range about 68 percent by definition by definition so (laughs) i think one thing that we need to really kind of be talking about like especially in this episode now is to really consider about this general i think contradictions general lies Mm -hmm. general hidden truths for lack of a better word between undergrad and graduate school um and some of the early ideas that students don't really consider until almost they're stuck right and some of those would be you think about this idea of going into graduate school and you think it's going to it's kind of like that that weird shock uh of shifting from high school to college Mm -hmm. where in high school uh there's someone sort of watching over you all the time making sure you're doing stuff Mm -hmm. 
and you hit college and people just give you a list of things to do and you do them or you fail and and then there's that that strange notion uh like well i didn't know i was supposed to do you know to turn in that paper on tuesday well you should have known you needed to turn in that paper on tuesday because it was in the syllabus or whatever graduate school is another weird shock in that there's an, a list of benchmarks to make with no real instruction and no um so it's not like you've been given an assignment to write a paper about about you know piaget or whatever it's you have to have a published thing by the next two years and kind of going off that, like, especially in undergrad, you had a few things that could have deadlines that major th were major things, but they weren't detrimental to you passing, for lack of a better word, passing to get a BS or a diploma in psychology. There were minor things that were mostly grades, though this program, the program I'm describing or thinking of in my mind, typically doesn't have a paper that you have to write to pass to get the degree. But this, all of a sudden, when you get to graduate school, you have these benchmarks that are a lot different than the benchmarks in undergrads because, and for lack of a better way to describe me, the benchmarks were hidden from you in undergrads. You don't, you don't really talk about your certain benchmarks that you have. You have a certain set of course requirements that you have to fill for a concentration that kind of your guidance counselor or advisor just did for you without you thinking. You now become this intricate person within these benchmarks in graduate school, and the one thing that becomes very weird about these is the benchmarks are now set by both you as well as a multitude of people behind your advisor or your um, chair. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't really realize is these benchmarks have this general goal that you all of a sudden need to start working about several weeks after finding out about this benchmark. Um, I think one of the ones we always talk about or think about is the two-year project that we automatically consider in the back of our minds. You have to have a two-year project goal, which means you have to present a project within the first two years of graduate school. That's without the training wheels, though. You pretty much need to be starting to work on that project within the first month if you want to get it done. And now that timeline is even shortened quicker for many graduate students because they're now having you present at a certain symposium that might be even earlier. So a two-year goal project is actually presented within the first year and a half. And within that year and a half, you not only have to find an advisor to be your chair for the project, but you also have to collect data, analyze the data, and do a literature review all while trying to balance the first year of graduate school. And that's very specific to this program, but I mean, if if we back off from that, if you're just getting a master's degree in well anything, so we've been talking about psychology because that's you know what we're both getting degrees in. But if you're looking at your master's when you have when you're writing a thesis, when you wander into anything, you have two years, which is a normal master's uh, program. But you have two years to decide on a topic and find someone else who is interested in that topic to chair your pro to uh, chair that project. Oh, you're being kind uh, with that one. Right. And it's like most master's programs, you have to find a chair and you have to have two other people on on your committee. And that's just rough. I mean, especially if you you know, if you think about this in an undergrad, if you did a thesis, you know, if you were in a program that required a thesis, that's the closest you ever got to that. And that's after three years of being around the same people in this department. Mm -hmm. So for your master's, you're now probably wandering into a, a program where you don't know anybody and mm -hmm. you have a really short window of time 
to figure out what you want to do and figure out who else in that department uh, wants to do the same thing mm-hmm. and hopefully build some kind of relationship with them. Or And I know some of this might be my fault because I know that I've talked to other people and they like really know the department before they even get there. And I didn't even know any of these people's names. Oh, I, I think that's imposter syndrome. I'm going to be honest. Like <laughs> half the time, like I'm like, I, I've been looking at programs myself lately and I think like, oh, I really know these people. But before, until you meet them, you really don't know what they're interested in. And when I was saying earlier, you're kind of being kind with this whole entire, you get to create your own project. That's if you're lucky. Sometimes if you find somebody, right. they're going to just say, no, you're doing this project. So you could be doing, and there's some good and oh. bad with that as well. Well, I've certainly had the same thing where, well, but you create this project. I mean, that is definitely the way it works. It's like you say, I'm going to do this thing and you select your chair. And over time, what what you're talking about happens where each meeting that you have with your advisor, it's like, oh, I, that's not what I thought I was doing. Oh, oh, my, that's... oh that's not <laughs> what I thought I was doing. You, you kind of got have this constant back and forth where you're like, you and your advisor are trying to have a communication about the same thing from two different perspectives. And it creates a lot of stress for the person, for both the advisor and the graduate student, I think, because I think you're both trying to figure out and come to the same general conclusions. But especially from psychology, as we're talking, now we're both neither going into, I was originally going into a counseling program. I know Eric wasn't originally planning on anything counseling or clinician no. related, but like you're still going into a completely alienated field. So within that two years, you have to, as we mentioned, get it, find an idea, find somebody who's somewhat similar on that idea, find a few more people from the, who are faculty who are similar on that idea. Make sure that you have enough knowledge and background in the idea to do the idea while also trying to balance the first part of graduate graduate school. Just trying to figure out, do I actually, like, am I knowing what I need to do? Am I balancing my life outside of it? And it can be a real cluster sometimes. It can be a lot of things going on that is alienated. I actually don't think most undergrad programs really prepare you for the alienation that you can kind of come when you get into a master's program or a doctorate program. I think even if you worked in a research lab in your undergrad, you're you don't really know until you're in it what you're going to go through. Yeah, I think it is a very similar, a similar kick in the head, uh, that shift from undergrad to graduate school as it is from high school to undergrad, because the you get a lot of freedom, so you can do kind of whatever. I mean, my dissertation is, to a certain extent, playing around with letting machines figure out what people mean when they say things, uh, which is kind of funny. But it's also really terrifying in terms of, it's like, oh, well, here's this here's this idea, and now I have to really hope that it works. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's, that's exactly... I, I think there's just a general amount of expectations that you go from one program to the next. I think from high school to college, I had expectations about college that never played out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there was expectations from, because I worked in a research lab, there was expectations what graduate school was like that didn't pan out either. But I think one of the biggest things, kind of what you're hinting at, and it maybe needs to be discussed in another time, is just this idea of like, well, I hope this works. Like, you're kind of like, you're kind of going out on a limb, and it's a very flimsy limb that you created, and you don't know if it's a good limb or a bad limb. Right. Yeah. So there's, the, you know, the, the idea of graduate student research and that's, yeah, I think that's a different, uh, different monster. I think what I, I, I guess since this is kind of the first time we're doing this, just generally like 
there's a lot of things I wish I would have known before I went into graduate school. But also, at the same time, there's a few things that I've learned now that I hope I can pass on to somebody else to help them with their first few semesters. But also, <laughs> at the same time, kind of highlighting some of the pitfalls that are with psychological research and psycho psych graduate school with psychology. Like, one thing that I found constantly is I'm getting contradicted all the time, not by myself, but by others. I'll hear information from one person while hearing something completely different from another person. So... And then I also have that within research itself. There's a contradiction between researchers themselves, like completely different theories that contradict them, but you have to know both in great detail. And then eventually you have these two contrasting theories, these two contrasting viewpoints, either from your professors or um, within the department or contradicting theories within yourself. And you have to pick and choose them successfully to be moving forward. Kind of, kind of. And that's a, an interesting, odd thing there. Um, one of the nice things about having a background in philosophy is like, oh, so none of this is new. The idea that the, there are these profoundly contradictory theories is uh, fine. Kant and Hegel both talked about the way that all knowledge is created, and, and this bleeds into Vygotsky as well, which is kind of fun. Your definition of fun is a little that, weird right now. <laughs> hey, I am in a PhD program. So the idea that uh, all knowledge is created when we have some idea and someone else comes along and contradicts it. We create new knowledge when we find a way to merge those two ideas. And that's how really every theory has, has, has really come into, into being, is you have this idea that someone just wildly disagrees with you. So it's not even a little bit disagree. They think you're completely wrong. And because chances are, you are. Mm -hmm. And chances are, they are as well. And, and the truth is that synthesis of, of those two contradictory ideas, which becomes a new idea. Yeah. And then someone else will come along and go, no, that idea is crazy too. And you discover that um, your new idea and the guy who contradicts you, that you're both wrong too. And that, that is how knowledge is created, but within grad school uh, and, and within psychology, and especially now within academia, is this really intense need to be right. Mm-hmm. Because being kind of right and accepting that you're only kind of right is insufficient, especially in a grad program. You have to pick a side for your thesis, and you have to defend that side as if uh, it's being you're being you know, overrun by the by the Mongols. I mean, you really you're pretty much are you're, the entire purpose of the thesis committee and the dissertation committee sometimes is is a place of support up until your defense. Right. Well, and that's that's a different thing entirely. And but they they're they're trying to a little bit contradict you to make sure. Right. I, I don't know. That's from my perspective. I like my committee right now is very supportive of my endeavors, but at the same time, they want to challenge me in a healthy way. Right. But at this, I still agree with you, especially with like when it comes down to it. There's this degree that almost you have to be right in graduate school and in academia, and it's very hard because in undergrad that like psychology when i first got into undergrad there was a yes or no answer there wasn't really right. a gray area and you sit you started seeing the gray fringes <laughs> so the gray area when you saw freud it's like oh that guy's crazy yeah yeah you start seeing that you start getting a little <laughs> bit like oh that doesn't make sense but there's this there all of a sudden becomes grayerness to it and but then all of a sudden you get plunged into it in my opinion you get really plunged into it in the first year of your graduate program is just how much gray there is. 
I think I think it's going to be hard to kind of figure out what is exactly we're trying to say with this. For me, from my perspective, I kind of see it as being this difference between what I thought graduate school was going to be like compared mm-hmm. to when I was an undergrad and what I would done differently now. But also kind of just becoming, as I've gotten farther in graduate school, just having a general comfortableness with gray mm-hmm. is something I don't think I would have ex- ever expected. And there's a huge amount of just sort of oddity in terms of what is real and what isn't. And I think I walked into that less with fewer problems <laughs> uh, because of uh, um, uh, Dr. Claude Oliver, one of my uh, religious studies professors in, in undergrad. And he was talking about religion. But you're saying that one of the things that's important when you're studying religion, but it's true of anything, is that you have to be comfortable with contradiction mm-hmm. or it will drive you crazy. And and that's kind of held out, that you have to be willing to accept that some of the stuff that you believe and some of the stuff that you think you understand uh, might be wildly inaccurate. But you still have to maintain that belief because otherwise everything else that you do uh, doesn't work. But the thing is, it gets weirder in graduate school. And here's the, the this sounds a little cynic, but like, in all honesty, you also have to kind of get used to the contradicting things and conflict between professors. Oh, let's, we're not, we're not going to talk But like, I'm, I'm saying just in general people, like that's the thing we like, you almost feel is very hard because some people can be on the same like for floor for lack of better thing and have wildly different views like just wildly differently views on what is or isn't right right yeah yeah we, like i said that's i think that's a topic for different time oh no 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 it, <laughs> it it totally is but just highlighting from like that is a weird thing coming from like undergrad because almost they're the professors seem unified right they give this notion that this is what the field looks like and here's how the process works like the field like from from undergrad you're like this is a unified field like everything they're like working together to broaden it from a unified perspective right because they're all working from the same textbook and everything's just kind of bland oh oh i miss undergrad it was simple and simple and black and white but at the same time there's a degree of joy with the conflict a degree of oh wow like there is contradiction with this but i love the contradiction I don't know. I think that from a general point for, to kind of end this up, if you are going into this program, if you're trying to do things, kind of getting comfortable with being a little bit more gray than you are now. That and, and this is awful because it is just as gray in that uh, you'll have some impression that you have more time than you really do. But then once you start to freak out about it, remember that you probably have uh, that you do actually have more time than you think you do. Um, so just because if someone says you have two years to do a project doesn't mean you actually have two years to do a project. But also if you freak out about that and think you have to have it done next week, uh, that's wrong too. So the timelines are much more flexible than you think, but not as flexible. Because mm-hmm. that's really helpful advice. And and really, that, that's that's uh, that's the best we can get.